Greetings, friend. Thanks for joining us. I'm Karen Broadhead, founder and director of Mothers Who Know. All women have mother hearts. You are needed here because your light and desires matter. I want to personally invite you to thoughtfully act for yourself and come check out all of the wonderful in Mothers Who Know. Speaking of wonderful, welcome and come on into our Mothers Who Know Boundaries podcast series. We have created several awesome episodes for you by enlisting the help of our trusted friend, Ashley Lovett, clinician for the Worth Group here at Life Changing Services and Marriage Repair Instructor. Our hope is to increase your understanding and confidence around boundaries. The thought of setting a healthy boundary is something we can all vocalize, but how do we go about it? What does that really look like right where we live as we try to do our bumpy best in our relationships? Often, it feels kind of big and confusing to me. You may be surprised to discover that boundaries are ultimately just about you and how you prioritize feeling the spirit in your life, which is super cool. And one of the reasons we appreciate how Ashley teaches boundaries, because in Mothers You Know, we do the important work of owning our personal battlefield, discovering where our power lies by fighting the real battle. The real battle is to keep the spirit. When we keep the spirit, we win all the battles. It's neat to notice that we have been talking the language of boundaries here in Mothers You Know without saying the word boundary. Like, stay by the tree, own your field. Notice, just notice, stay in your truth, and you are the atmosphere angel darkness spheres because you discern the three spheres of power. There's my power, your power, and God's power. Whenever you step out of your sphere of power, you become miserable. And one of our favorite boundaries things to say that brings so much clarity and relief there's only one savior, and it's not you. You get to be the mother who fights with and for our savior and champion, Jesus Christ, to support his great work, to bring to pass the success of your family. We can cheerfully do those things that lie in our power, then stand still with assurance to see God's power revealed. Alrighty then. We would love your feedback. Enjoy the series and be sure to listen at the end of each episode so you don't miss how to find out more about our neat Q&A meeting with Ashley Lovett when our Boundaries podcast series concludes. Be sure to note your questions along the way and check out the show notes for some great info. Okay, let's get to it. Hey, welcome. We're so glad that you're listening to our series on boundaries with Ashley Lovett. Thanks for joining us. We are excited that Ashley's going to be also starting a class. We have instructions for how to get to it exactly. in the description. Exactly. Okay, we're going to turn the time over to Ashley for our continuation on this series. Thank you. Right. 
I wanted to just start by checking in on your last two weeks. Last week, we talked about identifying satanic distortions in our conversations and putting some inclusion boundaries for ourselves on how we speak, when we speak, what to do if we feel like the spirit's leaving and what kind of behaviors I will have at those points. So I just want to see if anyone's had any experience with the Foursquare listening tool or with practicing out your conversations and writing them down and identifying what kind of personal boundaries you have for yourself in conversations. Had any practice with that? The little bit of practice that I had personally was just describing it to two different people, you know, and say, saying how much more understanding I had of that Foursquare listening tool. So that specifically, I tried to talk about that Foursquare listening tool and just describe it to people, but I did not use it or try to implement it. The other thing is just this, you hit on it again last week, and it was that inclusion boundaries are things that have to do with ourselves, the way that we want to to stay within our own personal values on what we will sound like, what we will look like when when something happens. And anyway, I just think that's been really valuable for me too, to, to try to share and and explain to people, you know, that that's something that I didn't realize that, you know, you think of boundaries as being something that's for someone else over there to keep you protected from them or from that thing. But it makes so much sense that we would have boundaries for ourselves. Like, oh, look at me, look at me acting like a hot mess. I've totally crossed my boundary, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I was listening to the Memoirs of an LDS Therapist podcast, and Maurice was talking about how he was so impressed with his wife's ability to work with their teenage son. And so he approached her about it and said, you just have this natural, innate ability to connect with him, and I'm so impressed by that. And he says, she gave me this look and then reached under her bed and pulled out a three-inch three-ring binder and said, this is where I practice it. And as he was flipping through, it was, he'll say this and I'll respond like this. He'll say this, I'll respond, he'll respond, I'll respond. Oh, I don't like where that ended. Try again. He'll say this, I'll say this, he'll say this. And just practicing and envisioning it and figuring it out over and over and over, page after page after page with all of the different scenarios that she was discovering she was having a hard time responding to her son in. And she wanted to be able to respond with love and compassion and strength when there needs to be strength. And, but she wanted to be able to be this kind of mother. And she had practiced all of her responses in it. And he said that she was almost insulted that he would go, you just have a need. She's like, no, 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 I work at this. <laughs> this is what I do to make sure I'm showing up. And I thought that was such a beautiful example of these kind of communication boundaries and what they look like and how we can use them in our life. Well, and it's so cool too, because it gives us hope that you can change and learn it, right? It doesn't have to be an innate ability that you just have. It's like, no, I can actually become that. And that's hopeful, right? <laughs> yeah. Boundaries are a skill and how we parent, how we interact with anyone, really. That's a skill and we can learn it and practice it in different scenarios. Okay, well, this week, last week we hit a little bit on satanic distortions in conversations and how vital it is to 
not, if we don't have the spirit, don't talk, don't speak, don't even try, right? That's vital. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about that piece that says, if you don't have the spirit, don't think. It's vital. We make sure we have the spirit when we're thinking. So we're going to be identifying different ways that Satan likes to distort our thoughts and likes to send us into a little bit of a spiral and results in us possibly acting outside of that person that we want to be, whether that's with a spouse, whether that's as a coworker, whether that's as a mom. So that's what we're going to look at today. Okay. So having boundaries while we're battling Satan. Just as a review, so far we've learned about the different types of boundaries. There are protection boundaries that are my always things that I live within. Safety boundaries that are scenario-specific things that I live within. And inclusion boundaries, just how I choose to live, what I choose to do to be able to be the person I want to be. We talked about boundaries and service and the importance of letting our service be guided by the knowledge of what we have and by the knowledge of what we are able to do, what we actually do. And we talked about boundaries in our actions and knowing the drama triangle and what skills we have and how we fall into these roles in communication, but how we can use those skills and predetermine our responses to ensure that we're staying in the empowerment dynamic. And we've talked about boundaries in communication. If I don't have the spirit, I don't talk and I don't listen. And we did a little bit on don't think, but we're going to talk more on the don't portion today. So today we're going to talk about in the psychology world, you'll see them as intrusive thoughts or inaccurate thoughts. They'll have these labels. I'm just going to call them satanic thought distortions. I, I don't believe that we're like, yes, right now, I definitely want to have this thought that brings me pain. This is the thought I'm going to have, I think. But we do have little minions, little demons that like to come in and throw some thoughts our direction. So these are satanic thought distortions that we'll talk about. We're also going to talk about the chemical scale and the satanic spin and the tactics that Satan uses on us to get us spinning. And then we'll end with using our warrior chemistry and a tool called spirit-led studying to make sure we get balanced and how we can have personal inclusion boundaries on how I respond and how I identify what's going on with my thoughts, what's going on internally to ensure that I be okay. So that's where our inclusion boundaries will come in today. Satan's sole purpose and focus is to destroy God's children, including individuals, marriages, and families. While Satan primarily distracts and attacks men through temptation, one of his most powerful tools of attack on women comes through mental torment. That's a quote from the Life Dragons of the Fight book. And I just threw up here some of the mental torments that I often see or experience myself. <laughs> so there's just all of these things. And as I read them out loud, there's going to be one that you're like, oh, that's the one I always hear or feel. It comes in all the time. Or you're going to have your own mental torments come in. And so let me know where your mind goes, what thoughts you have, and what, what torments you regularly experience in your life. So some of them might be, you are a burden. Nothing will ever change. You'll never be enough. You are a terrible mom. Why even try? You're alone. No one else understands. Did you really think anything would be different? Your kids hate you. You don't fit in. Why are you even here? People don't like you. These are some. There are a few on there that came out that aren't written down. Even <laughs> they're pretty easy to get going once you get going. So, what do you guys think? Do you ha were there any that you regularly experienced, or were there others I didn't say that you often? Experience? 
Yeah, I just think that like you're not loved by whoever you're trying to connect with or they don't want to connect with you. I hear that a lot in my brain when I'm trying hard because I know the importance of connection and you're trying and they don't want it. And so Satan's like, yeah, you don't, you know, you're not loved and they don't want to connect with you. You're not loved and they don't want to connect with you. Yeah. And for me, this will never change. Or, yeah, why do you keep trying is connected to that, right? This will never change. Keep trying. Maybe you should stop hitting your head against that wall every day. You know, kind of a thing. All right. Um, satanic spins often, so thought, often starts with one of those kinds of inaccurate thoughts, one of those intrusive thoughts, one of those things that jump in. A satanic spin refers to the negative thought processes that begin with a thought and then builds in ferocity. Similar to a whirlpool, the individual becomes so stuck in the thought process that it becomes difficult to remove themselves from the cycle. When caught in this spin, they aren't able to think clearly or logically. High emotions are involved and one may act outside or contrary to their value systems. I want to just define these value systems. It's a specific mode of conduct that conscious or unconscious a standard for guiding action and developing and maintaining attitudes towards situations. So it's just what we've been talking about, how I choose to live, the person I want to be, things that I find important. An easy example with this slide is things like when my kids are coming and coming and coming and they need all of these different things and I'm all these different directions and I'm trying to respond and no one's listening and then I end up yelling at my children. And I personally have a value of not yelling. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a mother who yells. That's a value that I have personally. But when I get stuck in this spin, in this cycle that we're going to go into deeper, it leads to me to acting outside my values. And that's what we're going to call a crash today. That hitting that point where you just, and suddenly you're yelling. I'm yelling. That's a personal value of mine. Satan's objective is to float ideas and thoughts into the mind to intend to initiate a process which decreases the ability of the individual to choose behaviors that are in alignment with their value systems and increase the likelihood that the individual will do things that deviate from their value system. You will float ideas into your mind with the intent to cause chemical reactions to increase difficult emotions such as anxiety, depression, boredom, stress, overwhelm, frustration. And then I've got some scriptures listed over here that tell us that Satan places thoughts in our minds, that he whispereth in their ears, that he's doing something. So in D&C chapter 10, verse 10, and in verses 14 through 15, and then Helam in chapter 6, 26 through 29, and John 13, 2. I didn't want to go through and read all of them, but for anyone who's wondering where this idea that Satan can send me some thoughts is coming from, it's all throughout the scriptures, and there's some quick references that you can pull up and take a look at. So the first thing I want to talk about with this idea that his thoughts can begin to distort our ability to stay within our value systems is called the chemical scale. And will you tell me what you know about the chemical scale so far? What experience have you had with it or understanding do you have? Or if you don't have any, let me know that too. I know about the chemical scale. I've learned probably since about 2016, I think, when I started to attend Mothers Who Know and Mom Power, and I've been in Eternal Warriors. And when I learned about the chemical scale, it just made sense that I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I know exactly what they're talking about. I know what this feels like. 
and I didn't realize that the thoughts in my head could be not for me. I just thought it was me because it's my own voice. I hear it. And, but we're learning that we have an enemy and what he tries to do. It has been life changing for me and helped me fight the everyday battles. I'm so grateful for it because I see it in myself and it's every day that we absolutely thank you. I agree with that. What other experiences have we had? Yeah, I've, I've learned about it too through Mothers Who Know. And I remember feeling that same way of almost just like, oh, it's so cool to understand what's happening when you're at a level zero and you're at a one and, you know, all the levels as you go, what's happening physically and not like you're just crazy, you know, because sometimes you feel like, what the heck? I, you know, because you don't think, you can't think in that when you're, brain, you just, the, the chemicals and the emotions are so high that I, I kind of, it gave me hope that I could, by learning about it, it was like my first thought of like hope of, holy cow, like, okay, cool. It's something you can actually start to shift. It's not just like you're stuck and you're out of control. And when the emotions come, you go down the slide and you're done, you know, cause that's kind of how it felt. You just didn't, I didn't know how to like, or what things to do to kind of take charge in that, you know, or, or notice myself changing or, oh, wow, I'm a little off. You know, I'm kind of feeling frustrated and agitated and like I'm getting, you know, I kind of visualize it in my brain of like, I'm getting up the slide another level. And then once I'm like crashed and I'm down the slide and I can't stop, you know? And so Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, okay, yeah, I can see it. And so that really was helpful to me of it, just seeing it in myself and realizing like what was happening and then how I could maybe try to be proactive and just start tweaking some things. It didn't always work and it's a practice. We face it and sometimes we're able to, and sometimes it goes from zero and you're down the slide, you know? <laughs> so One more thing, I feel like learning it I started to make connections that things make sense now of why I am this way. Like for me, it is really hard when I am ovulating. I felt like that week that I was ovulating, I was just so off. I was really more emotional and withdrawn. Like I couldn't get myself to do things. I I just was really off and like, what is going on with me? And then when I learned about it and then I could track back thoughts and then what those feelings brought, just very empowering. And one thing that I have recently noticed is I will hear thoughts that bring fear and anxiety and I withdraw. And simple things like I withdraw specifically with my husband, like a hand reaching out for his hand, just even small things like that. Satan really wants me with to withdraw. So that's what I've been working on recently, not with trying. And it has been so powerful and so empowering to know that this is just a flash. It doesn't mean the future. This is what I, what I'm feeling isn't true or because sometimes your flashes can be so personal. They just feel so real. But I love that I can change it. I can recognize where I am. I can do something physically with my body and with my words and pray. And 
it works. I can change it. So like I said, life-changing services, it really is. Aptly named. Yep. Thank you. Did you have something? Yeah, I was just going to say I used to to obsessively think about negative things because I thought I was solving a problem as the, as these negative things were going around in my mind. I thought I was actually making it better, but it was making it worse because I was focusing on the problem to the point where it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, and then I would think, you know, oh, well, I, there's, you know, it just became this huge thing in my mind. And it never, ever occurred to me that I could change that by not obsessing or thinking about it, by just saying, this is a lie, labeling it. That's not true. That's not who I am. And so, so much time and energy spent, you know, trying to figure out how to solve these problems that maybe weren't ever really problems. So another thing it helped me so much when I first learned about this, this chemical scale and this man was as I was watching my son, you know, working to recover and to do, you know, just figure his own battles out. I changed in the way that I approached his battles because I, now I could understand as I watched him, you know, instead of having thoughts that like, well, if you cared more, maybe this would work better. You know what I mean? Or if you, if you would follow through on what you said you were going to do, then it'd probably work better. But when I could see that he was being affected chemically and that he would get on the scale, right? And that I could kind of identify where he was at on the scale by what he would do and how he was talking and where he was at. And I could also see, you know, just, just have so much more empathy and compassion and patience in the human process of it all. Once I could label, that's what's going on over there when he's having a battle. And it's, you know, I don't know if to be all in that or figure that out as much, but understanding it was really empowering. Another thing it helped me to realize was no wonder, I know in DNCI 10, I think it is, it talks about how Satan stirs up contention, you know, among the saints about the, the gospel and that that's one of the ways he could do it is us thinking we care so deeply about the spiritual things we love so much. We want to live that way. And we even have it testified to us from the spirit that that's who we are and what we want. But then we leave church and we go live our life and we're acting like, I must not, I don't think I can do those things. And, you know, all the other burdens that we carry that are big, like, you know, mental illness and things in the LGBTQ arena, arena, just lots of things. And then you try to, you know, put that and align it with the gospel. If you don't understand the science of this chemical scale and the human experience in mortality, then it's really hard for you to, to say, oh, I can, I can love the gospel and myself if I understand the science of trying to live spiritual principles. I love the empowerment that comes with just understanding <laughs> the more that i learned the more i'm like oh yes this is why we were commanded to learn to seek out knowledge from good books right but this is something we should be doing because as we learn we understand ourselves more and all of the tools that we have available that come with understanding to help battle things against satan 
are so valuable. So of course we'd be asked to learn more. I had a therapist going to the point of like focus. I had this therapist who used to talk about parable of the dirty diaper. And he would tell me like, when you walk into a room and there's a dirty diaper in there, you can smell it. Like it's there, but it's not a big deal. There's also the whole rest of the room. And then he would say, or you can pick up the dirty diaper and hold it right here. And if you hold it in front of your face, that's all you're going to see. Right in front of your eyes, all you can see is this dirty diaper. It doesn't actually change the size of the diaper. And it doesn't actually change the diaper's potential to impact. What has changed is my my working with the diaper. It's either just going to sit in the room and I can acknowledge that it's there and it's, it's not a big deal. Or I can grab it and pull it center stage and allow that to be my whole focus. All of my, so that battling those thoughts. And then as I was sitting here thinking about that analogy, I thought, I wonder why my therapist never taught me how to acknowledge the diaper and then throw it outside. (laughs) Why is the diaper in the room in the first place? (laughs) It doesn't even need to be here (laughs) because there's no reason. I do need to at some point acknowledge it. If I just ignore that thought, if I keep pushing it away, shoving it away, I don't want to have it. I don't want to have it. I don't want to have it. Then the diaper is just in the room and there's going to be that smell. And if I hold it in front of my face, that's all I'm going to see and it's going to affect everything. But what if I acknowledge that it exists? I call it what it is. I see that it's there. And then I go put it where it belongs. And then it doesn't have to affect me anymore. Why, why am I just dealing with it in the room? So that's what we're going to do today. To see these thoughts. We're going to acknowledge them. We're going to set our own behavior boundaries around the thoughts that we have. And identify what to do with them when they don't actually belong. I don't need to have that here. But we're going to start really simple because I want the listeners, maybe they haven't had a chance to take the mom power class yet to know what the chemical scale is. So we're going to start just with teaching them the chemical scale. As I talk, if you have a different perspective or understanding, please share it because the way that you will share things will be different than how I share things and could be beneficial to those who are listening. So here's our chemical scale. We've got this like arc. That's the, in a podcast that Maurice said, he called it the quarter hour from 12 to three, like an arc that goes down to the right. And at the top up at 12, we have the number zero. And then right when we hit the apex of the arc before it starts going down is where my five is. So after the five, it just becomes this steep spiral or steep slide, right? We can't go any further. But those steps before five, before we've lost control, one, two, three, and four, that's where we have the opportunity to notice what's going on. So at zero, we're feeling great. Everything's good. At 10, the scriptures define it as past feeling. And I really like that. I'm no longer even acknowledging that I'm having feelings. I'm so far beyond that I'm past feeling. I've lost my, I've lost control enough. That's where I'm at. The chemical scale, this scale that we have, shows us how much influence Satan has on our perspective. As we become aware of the influence, we get to decide whether or not to allow him to have influence. I've seen it described before as how much influence we allow Satan to have in our lives, which I don't disagree with. But until we recognize, until we've learned what each of these steps feel like, I think it's less allowing him to have it and more he's just influencing and I don't know what's there. But once we've learned it, once we begin to identify these things, then we get to decide if we're going to allow him to influence us in these things. 
So that's what we're going to do today. But if you guys will share, you can talk about the chemical skill if you want. Sharon, I just wanted to say that for me, when I learned about the chemical scale, not every thought is a trusted thought. It was freeing because I used to get so down on myself. Like, you know, why was I thinking these thoughts? And it was all about me. And then to realize that, that there was an enemy outside of myself, it really was liberating. Thank you. Yeah, I can re I remember too, it, uh, it filled me with some, I guess, righteous anger where I thought, I have a city to protect here. Someone has taken over my over my my field, my battlefield, like, and that's not okay with me. And I did not know that was happening. And so it like filled me with this righteous anger, this what am I fighting for? And the first thing is, you know, that reclaiming my, you know, the battleground that is my mind, where I, I get to grow things in there I want in there. And that's not me just being a crazy lady in there. You know, I get to, I get to have choice and I get to, I get to have an edifying space there. I have some control over that. That was huge. And it, it got me really motivated to learn all that I could about the adversary and how the enemy is trying to, you know, take me off my field and get me off out of my values and all of that. It really yeah, wanted, made me think, I'm going to learn about this stuff because you are done. Yeah. I feel the same way that this scale and this knowledge is empowering, but I've had clients who, when I talk about it, it becomes one of Satan's tools against them. And they go, now I just have more things that I'm not doing well. Now there's just more things that I've, now I know, and I'm allowing Satan into my life and it really gets on there. So in case your brain works like that, mm -hmm. um, know that Satan really likes to use tactics like discouragement, overwhelm, knowledge that that's there and you're not alone feeling that way. And if I could just add one more thing to that, uh, I know Maurice uses that analogy of a ticking clock, you know? That once, you know, we might be saying, do you hear anything if you're really still and quiet? And maybe the thing that stands out that you haven't noticed as you've been in the same room for hours, you can hear the clock is really loud, ticking, ticking, ticking. And, but it's, it was just not even, you didn't have an awareness until they said, Shh. you're like, oh, the clock. And then all of a sudden the clock, you could hear it all the time. You could hear it all the time because now you have an awareness. There's a ticking clock in here. That's a loud clock. So that's another thing too, is when you first start learning this, some women will say, I feel like learning this has made my life even harder, even worse, you know? And I think it's because it's the ticking clock analogy, right? Yeah. Nothing's worse. It's all the same. Now you are have an awareness of something that it's not really aligned with your spirit. Yeah. Yes, I agree with that. Thank you. So we're going to talk about each of the levels and then we'll put it in perspective of the spin in a moment. But at level zero, we're zeroed out. That means we don't have a dump of chemicals in our brain that's beginning to alter our ability to think and see and act clearly. We're just there. I think of it as like, I'm connected. I'm on point. I'm feeling good. I feel capable and competent. I feel like I'm going to be able to do this. 
and um, calm, kind of cool, calm, collected. Sometimes for me, that zero also has a little bit of energy behind it. Like, yeah, I got this. I can do this today. So that's our zero. Our level one is just, I call it like a poisoned by degree. Like it's this tiny little drop that just begins to shift. I feel off. Something just doesn't feel there. I'm just, I'm just off. It doesn't necessarily even have more of a, a word for it. Often this one has a bit of truth in there, which is why it makes it so tricky to see or identify because there's a, there's a piece of truth. Think about in, in math, Matthew, I believe, when we see Satan come to tempt Christ. Before Satan shows up to tempt him, Christ has been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. And the temptation that we see, this first like drop of degree that Satan throws out there is pointing out how hungry Christ is. Well, of course he's hungry. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. So sometimes this level one is a logical conclusion. Like it's, it's just the natural consequence of a logical situation. It's not any sort of action that has taken me away from the spirit. It's just, it's just the logical conclusion. This is just clear. Of course, he's hungry. He was fasting. That's logical. And Satan really likes to jump on the back of those opportunities and start us with a, a little chemical reaction. So level one is that. Thoughts? I was just going to say my... Level one often sounds like just like the the reminder of the circumstances. That's it. Like, yeah, today I have a lot to do. Or, wow, this is a really hard situation and it's still here. Yeah. Or, you know, I, I, I wish that we could just take a break from this today, you know, but we can't. So here we go again. Right. It's all like... When I, when I get up this morning, just like on a Tuesday, today it's Monday. When I get up on Tuesday, I do the same thing over again. Do you know, it's just kind of a reminder of just your human circumstance. Like your life can just where we're at. Yeah. So it's like, didn't we do this yesterday? Yeah. Weren't there? That little yeah. kernel of truth. It's just, it's yeah. just where. And so you don't even necessarily notice it as a chemical change. Exactly. It's just this little degree. That's got a lot of truth in it. So don't mind me. I am no devil. He's not here, right? So mm -hmm. level two, we see with the thoughts coming in. So we have our first inaccurate thought. So our first, the very, our first interaction with the chemicals is an accurate thought. There's some truth in there. Our next one is going to be our first inaccurate thought, which is just going to be a slight distortion of what the truth is this small distortion, and we'll go through a whole example, but just this small distortion, level two. So level zero and level two are only separated by a little bit. There's not a ton in here. He eases us in to these distortions. Level three is defined by a suggestion. So there's this idea, just the first suggestion of acting outside of my values, the first suggestion of what I should do, what might make it better, but if I didn't have any chemicals, that suggestion's not a thing I would actually do. It's not really there. It's just I've had enough distortions now that this suggestion just naturally is in there. It's fine. Level four is an irrational discussion. So I've taken that suggestion and I've given it enough credence to now I'm going to think about it back and forth. I should do that. No, I shouldn't. Yes, I should. And I'm going to I'm going to have this discussion. 
that's all based on these chemical things going around. But we're going to we're gonna have a little bit of idea. And then level five is when we give up. It's called the give up moment. So it's, okay, well, it's just too hard. I just give up. And then from there, six through 10 is all the little tiny things that happen that ultimately lead to acting outside of our value system. But at level five, that give up moment is when we are no longer in control. And so are there spaces between then and 10? Yes. Between five and the crash, there are lots of other things, but we just don't spend much time in them because even though there are levels, we don't have any control of those levels. So it just leads to a crash. So today we're going to talk a little bit more about zero through four, and we'll put them in perspective of an example. But I want to see how they all interact with each other in what's called the satanic spin. So what do you guys know about the satanic spin already? Some of you already hit on that while we were talking about the scale, which is great. Thank you. But does anyone have thoughts on the spin? A level of where you already know about the spin. Okay, here's our example of it then. So the spin at the top is a flash. It's an inciting moment. It's the first thought that we have. It's that thing that enters our realm of interaction, whether it's through an action of someone, whether it's traffic on my way to work, whether it's just this thought that first comes into my first kernel of true thought. We have this thing called a flash. That flash then results in the dump of chemicals. Our brain reacts naturally to this flash that happens and then gives us some chemicals. As we get chemicals, it creates a feeling. We have, so we have these different feelings about what's going on. And then our brain, because of how it likes to work, it files things by how they are the same. And so it goes, oh, this experience, how should I file it? I'm going to reach back into other places where I've experienced the same thing before so that I know what to do, which then brings us to another flash. And then we have more chemicals and more feelings. So an example is like when you're driving down the road and you're going along just fine, but behind you, all of a sudden the car behind you flips on their red and white or red and blue lights, right? And you've got a cop behind you and their lights are on and that's your flash. And chemicals flood your brain. You immediately have like your heart racing. Maybe your hands shake a little bit. You're immediately replaying the video. Was I doing anything? What's going on right here? Oh, also, what am I supposed to have right now? So all of these chemicals come and turn on all of this hyper awareness. And you get a feeling of anxiety. And then your brain says, what do I do in this situation? Let me pull out times when it's happened before or when I was being taught what to do here so that I know what to do. So that's kind of an exaggerated version where you can clearly see flash, chemicals, feeling, now what do I do? And then you go along from there. This happens in interactions on a much smaller scale. <laughs> that one is like, oh, this is obvious. I went through this whole spin. But it happens on a much smaller scale just in every day. So let's take a look at what it looks like. So here you are, level zero, minding your own business, just trying to be awesome. And as you're sitting there trying to be awesome, you have this thought. It's been a long day. That's your first flash. Poison by degree, right? It's just, just a little thing. So when you have that thought, it flashes. 
have a thought, give a little bit of chemicals because it's been long, which increases your feelings of maybe exhaustion. And then your brain goes, where has I happened? Where have I seen this before? And goes, oh, I've actually been busy. I've been super busy all day. It's been a whole thing, which is another flash. And you have more chemicals and your feelings increase again. And then your brain says, you know what? I've been starting to feel burned out. I've been doing this for a long time. Thought, chemicals, feelings increase. The kids have been so demanding today. Thought, chemicals, feelings increase. They don't appreciate everything that I do. I do so much just today. Look at all I've been doing. Thought, chemical, feelings increase. And suddenly, with just this one train of thought, if I speed it up, this is all that's happened. It's been a long day. I've been so busy. I'm starting to feel burned out. The kids are kind of demanding and they don't appreciate me. That's a sentence. That's one sentence. But in that one sentence, we've spun so many times around that, that chemical, that satanic spiral that now we're back to, we're up to a two. So level two is that first inaccurate thought, which is, my husband doesn't appreciate everything I do around here. So just one little, just one little inaccurate. We started with, it's been a long day, kernel of truth. Now we're to, my husband doesn't appreciate everything I do around here which is another thought and more chemicals and more feelings. In fact, he never appreciates my hard work. Those absolutes are good indicators when we're having inaccurate thoughts, when we've got some distortion going on with our thoughts. Thought, chemical, feelings increase. He hasn't even shown gratitude for me in months. Hyper-focusing on someone's lack. That's a good indicator that we're experiencing some distortion. He should understand what I need and meet those needs. Thoughts, chemicals, feelings increases. He won't though. He never does. He's so selfish. He's just in his own world. Thoughts, chemicals. And again, if I just read this one sentence, my husband doesn't appreciate everything I do around here. He never appreciates my hard work. He hasn't shown gratitude for, um, for months. He should understand what I need, but he won't. He never does. That takes maybe five seconds of your life, but you've been spinning so much. You have little tiny drops of chemical after little tiny drops of chemical. Or now we're up to a level three. Level three is the suggestion level. So clear back at zero, when you were feeling good, just trying to be awesome, you would never just be like, oh, you know what? Today, while I'm feeling awesome, I should probably tell my husband, all you do is think about yourself. That's not something, that's not a suggestion you're going to experience when you're just feeling awesome and doing good. But here we are at level three. You know what? You should let him know how selfish he is. You should just say, do you even see everything I do around here? All you do is think about yourself. Or maybe I should say, for someone who's supposed to preside, provide, and protect, you sure have a lot of work to do. Are you aware of how much work you need to do? But you know what? None of those will work. So I should just keep my mouth shut and I'll just radiate negative. He can pick up on it on his own. If he even picks up on it, he probably won't. But if he asks what's wrong, then because he's asked, then I can tell him how selfish he is. This is, this is what I should do, right? Again, at level zero, at level zero, we're not going to be sitting around like, oh, everything, I'm feeling cool and calm and collected and I'm doing well and I'm, I'm just trying to be awesome. We wouldn't go from there straight to, I'm going to sit here and radiate negative, negativity. So he'll ask what's wrong so I can tell him. But how often do we end up being going through this spiral to where now this is a totally normal suggestion? How else is he going to know unless I tell him, right? So we're at level four, which is our irrational discussion. <sighs> I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't tell him. It almost always doesn't go well. 
he responds so poorly and they point out all of these things about him. Well, what are you talking about, though? He needs to know. And he won't know if I don't tell him. Maybe I should just actually take a minute, get away for a while, take some time. Come, like, maybe I just need to take a break. Mm, I should take a break, but not for myself. Because if I go away and I take a break, then he'll finally see just how much work I'm doing. Like, if I stop doing all of this, if I take a break, then he'll see that I do the house and the kids and the cooking and the laundry and everything. And he'll find, then he'll know. He'll finally see. And he needs to know how selfish he is and how hard I work. And then at that point, we get to a level five. I'm going to say, you know what? He does need to. So I'm going to do it. Whatever it is. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to step away for wrong reasons. I'm going to whatever. At a level five. Thoughts on what the spiral looks like when it's slowed down. And we can really see that going from one level to the next level is not just one turn around the spin. It's multiple turns, 10 times around the spin before we get to the next level. But each level is still just a drop. And so slowly, suddenly, we're being poisoned by degrees to where now this idea of acting outside of our value system is totally logical. Of course, he needs to know. And communication is key in marriage. So I have to communicate what's going on. Otherwise, I'm actually not being a good wife. So I'll just make sure I tell him all of the things. But none of that thought would have happened when we're at a level zero. Any thoughts on this? Yeah, I really think this is so amazing because as you think through it, I've, you've seen yourself get in it and you've thought I'm problem solving and you're, you think that you're trying to make this better and, and you, but you see that like, like it's so clear here, you know? And so part of my thing's like, wow, I wish I could notice this in my life when it's happening, <laughs> but yeah. I'll start noticing the clock. Right. But I just think it's so cool because you sometimes feel like, well, I'm trying to have the spirit. And so you're trying to problem solve and it gets really muddy of what's the spirit and what's not. And so this is really cool for me because one of the things I've been trying to work on is having confidence in my spiritual promptings. But when you're in this, you're trying to navigate it and say, what's the spirit? But in reality, you were lost the spirit. You know what I mean? So this is really cool and really helpful for me because there's times I'm like, okay, well, I'm trying. So some of it's got to be the spirit. What is the spirit? And you're like trying to sort through all these thoughts when you're in that irrational discussion. But really, yeah. you need to go back and just like throw that discussion. And so that's really helpful for me. Can I just repeat what I think she just said? Just because I think it had so much value. And not, not that you didn't say it well. I just think it's one of those things that, you know, you need to hear it from another angle because it's just like that was big. Yeah. So what I think I heard you say was that was that while you're doing all this thinking, because it seems so normal, like it goes right along with the circumstances of your life, you've noticed, well, in all of that thinking, I'm trying to differentiate differentiate what what is the spirit in this thinking and what is not the spirit in this thinking. But maybe what you're not recognizing is that underneath all of that thinking, in that line of thinking, is actually this underlying current of internal contention or contention about somebody else over there 
but you're still trying, it's still kind of a problem that needs to be worked out. You're trying to figure out what you should do, right? Because Satan will never tell us a lie unless it's also connected to something that's true. And so, so yeah, it makes so much sense. So, but it's so good that you, what I heard you say loud and clear is, oh, but now what I realize now is I'm supposed to just take all that thought pattern, all that whole basket of stuff I'm thinking about and say, I have to get rid of all of that and start back at zero when I have the spirit again in order to have the conversation. Right. And it's cool to see that. Like you explain it so good because sometimes I have done things where I've felt like, like in that irrational discussion where I was like, okay, this is kind of, this is what I'm going to do. And I kind of felt like, okay, that must be the spirit. And then you do it and it's like crash and burn because you realize that really probably wasn't the spirit. It was my own thinking through it. And so it's just powerful. I think that kind of separation of but also sometimes it's hard thinking, how do I get back to the zero when I'm still in that discussion with myself? Yeah. The, with all of this, everything that you guys are saying, you keep saying, well, I'm trying to find the pieces of the spirit. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find like, what is the spirit? What is in the spirit? And I think we're, what we forget is the other entity. Rather than looking for pieces that the spirit's bringing me, identify if Satan is in here. Because if I'm getting some tactics from Satan coming in, then I know throw the whole conversation. So here are some possible tactics that we might have seen in this scenario. And as you look at these tactics, some of them might have been in the scenario. Some of them might not have been. But think through what we read and look at this list and see if you can identify some of the tactics that were happening there. What do you guys see? Are there any on this list that you can think back and identify as a tactic that was happening? I see lots of nodding, but because this is going to be a podcast, if you'll voice what you're thinking, that would be good. I heard overwhelm and making your spouse the enemy. And maybe not self-doubt, but doubt in the circumstances, maybe doubt in what had happened in the past or things like that. That's what I see. Yeah, thank you. We saw overwhelm making spouse the enemy for sure. And then that doubt, I'm glad you hit on that, even though it wasn't necessarily like, oh, I'm doubting myself, but almost doubting the stability of what she's experienced before or whether or not it's going to be okay. And so a little bit of, of confusion going on there. So I just wanted to relate this to going to the retreat because a lot of people talked about this, that, that they had a lot of opposition towards even getting there. And I thought to myself, yeah, I don't know if I want to go because I don't know if I really fit in. And then you get there with all these women and you're like, you know, satanic attacks all over the place. You know, oh, these women are not going to understand where I'm coming from. You know, I don't have anything in common, et cetera, et cetera. And as we went through the weekend and people started opening up, you started feeling like we're all in this together. We're all in the same boat. We have so many of the same issues that we're dealing with and it was just really touching but one of the things that that happened was one of the women brought this song and Karen and Karen and I should sing it to you it's 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 really neat they just had us stand around in a small circle and sing to each of the women and it's it goes I'll just do Karen Karen you are beautiful (laughs) 
Karen, you are strong. You're wonderful to be with. You carry us along. Karen, you belong. And they went around and all of us sang it to each other by the end of the song. It was, you just felt like, it's okay. So it was like fighting all of that negativity with this powerful message that you belong and you're, we care about you and love you. And it makes me think there's got to be a way that you can break that cycle in somebody, you know, in yourself or somebody else just, you know, just by thinking that. Or sing, you know, singing a song. Wow, that was really powerful. A lot of them, we just kept doing it because it's like so fun to, to, to be able to tell everyone you belong and we love you. And so, you know, just breaking that and that got right in there and broke that cycle for a, a lot of people. And it was really wonderful the connections that that were made in that. So glad you shared that. Yes, yes. we we're gonna talk about how to break the cycle, and I'm gonna refer back to this example a whole bunch because that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing. But in order to break the cycle, we have to acknowledge that we're in it. And that starts digging through and figuring out what's the spirit can sometimes be tricky. But when we start identifying Satan tactics, let's see, let's see what's going on in my mind right now. Are there any tactics of Satan happening? Then as soon as we find one, we know we don't have the spirit. It just needs one. As soon as we can find one of these tactics, we go, oh, this isn't with the spirit. I don't even need to have this conversation. I can throw that whole conversation away. I've identified the diaper in the room. Now I'm going to put it where it goes. The second we find one. So instead of battling back and forth, is this thought from the spirit? Is it not? It could be good. It could be bad. Start with, is there a satanic attack happening? Is there a satanic distortion happening here? And some common distortions, common, but not all, I'm going to list them. And if there's other distortions that you identify, let me know so we can have a more comprehensive list. But common distortions are fear. Now there's healthy, good spirit-led fear, like, hey, there's a tiger running at me. I should run. That's a good fear to have. Run from that tiger, right? <laughs> there's that honoring God, that fear of God that we talk about, which is just acknowledging he's a higher power and I honor him. But this kind of fear, the satanic kind of fear that says, what will they think of you if you go to that retreat? You probably won't even belong. That kind of fear is going to be a distortion. Shame. That's one of Satan's common tactics. Self-doubt. Who I am. I'm not enough. I'll never be enough. It's not going to work. Self-loathing. I'm the worst. I can't believe I would do that. I'm such a terrible person. Forgetting that you are a powerful daughter of God. I feel like that summarizes all of them. But if you think of the opposite of that, I am a powerful daughter of God. Like daughter of God. He created everything, but he also created me and loves me. If, I ha if you have a temptation to lower your standard, I set that value a while ago. Maybe it's not actually important right now. Overwhelm. We get overwhelmed easily and a lot. That's that kernel of truth, that very first level one of overwhelm. Of course she's overwhelmed. She has all these things happening. Of course you are. But that first thought is that first distortion. Victim. Everything's happening to me. I can't control any of this. Making your spouse the enemy. Does anyone have any other common tactics that they experience? 
or that they can think of, even if you don't personally experience it? I just noticed the connection to me of getting your power back, right? Like forgetting you're a powerful daughter of God feels really like I can't do anything. I'm not, you know, I'm, it's like Satan keeping you small and he's just holding you down, you know? And so that, to me, that and the victim go right with each other because it's like giving, giving away your power and just kind of, so those really, that really struck me this time of trying to do something that gives you your confident power with God back, right? Not that I just have to sit there and let this happen. I can actually do something good about this. So that I really identified with there. My mine was well. If you had better boundaries in your life, your your children and your family wouldn't be where they are, or or in a or any other thing that I didn't know how to do that at that time, and you know somehow that's why because I just didn't know, and you know it's too late now. <laughs> They're already there. <laughs> it's too late now. They're already there. And isn't it fascinating how Satan? likes to use the buzzwords that we're learning about to bring us down right he's like oh she'll believe this one because she's currently sitting in a class about boundaries so i'm gonna throw at her only you had better boundaries and you'll be like oh this is probably true there's my kernel of truth moment okay i'm the worst i'm just i should like and suddenly <laughs> that he'll use he'll use our buzzwords why because we're currently thinking about that word why wouldn't he? As an educator, I'm going to purposely use words that I know my students interact with. Here in Mothers Who Know, I'm purposely using phrases, I'm trying to at least, from Mothers Who Know. I know that you've interacted with the chemical scale before, so I'm bringing it here so that we can talk about it here because that's what they do. And Satan is a much older, much wiser genius than I am. So if this is a tactic I can use to try to help show people lines of thinking, of course he's going to. Of course he is. Use your buzzwords against I was going to... I learned another one. Oh, go ahead, Carrie. I was just going to say, in your enemy tactic list that you were going through, one of them that I often get that wasn't on there was feeling, like, lonely or unseen. Or, like, you know, my life is just really boring. You know, stuff like that. Something like that. I was in a class once, and Karen, we were talking about these things that you hear in your head, the hear... And she said, one lady, she said, she hears you deserve. And I thought, I, I've heard that. Like three o'clock comes and you deserve some chocolate. <laughs> and I didn't really think that it was a satanic spin or you deserve to buy something or, but yeah, you deserve. <laughs> I love that. If you have, if your value system is, especially if your value system is to abstain from something, right? If you're currently, but you deserve to just not worry about that right now. <laughs> you des you deserve to spend more money, even if you're trying to abstain from spending more money. Oh, you're fasting for 40 days. You deserve some food. You're pretty hungry. You deserve to have this thing. All right. So as soon as we've identified one tactic, if we can go through, hey, stop brain. The cool thing about humans is we can think about what we're thinking. That's not true for all living creatures, but we can think about what we're thinking. So as soon as we think, oh, you know what? There's a satanic distortion happening here. I'm going to throw it out. And instead, I'm going to use this tool that I'll teach you in just a second. That's our first 
personal boundary, our first inclusion boundary, is thinking about what I'm thinking and identifying if there's a satanic distortion there. Because if I don't have the spirit, I don't think. That's my inclusion boundary. So if I can identify that Satan is there, I'm not going to think anymore. I'm going to stop and get myself back to zero, get myself zeroed out. The tool that we're going to use is a modification of one that Maurice teaches in Life-Changing Services. He teaches, notice it, name it, flip it, find it. I've modified it for a way that works better for my brain. So I'm going to teach this, but also research his tool. This is called notice it, name it, test it, trigger it. So with the first step, we're going to just notice. I'm feeling off right now. We're just going to acknowledge that that thing is happening, that I'm feeling off. It's been a long day. That can be a noticing. But if we think about what we're thinking, oh, I felt a little bit heavier when I noticed it was a long day. And we probably aren't going to discover that we're having distortions at level one for a long time. So we might be noticing things like, I just had, I'm having this irrational conversation right now. Stop. Like, I'm trying to figure out whether or not I should act on this thought. I'm going to notice that conversation. Let's just start there. Then I'm going to name it. Could this be a chemical distortion happening right now? I'm having this conversation in my head. Is that what's going to be going on? Could it be a chemical distortion? Test it means test where it's coming from. These thoughts that's coming in my mind. This conversation that I'm having, is it coming from the spirit or is it a tactic from the adversary? Well, I identified some of Satan's tools in there, so I have a feeling this is a tactic. Or, well, even though my heart's racing, I probably need to go bear my testimony. So maybe it's coming from the spirit, right? (laughs) Satan can mimic similar things. And so identifying if it's from the spirit or if it's from the adversary. And then the last one is trigger it. We use the word trigger primarily when we're talking about this thing that happened and then I had this immediate negative response. But trigger simply means something that happens that causes an immediate chemical reaction in your brain. And it can be satanically triggered things. It can be these distorted thoughts that are triggering things. But it can also be stuff that just make you smile. I cannot listen to my child laugh without smiling it's a trigger her smile is a trigger a positive trigger that brings me these other things so the next thing i'm going to do is purposely trigger warrior chemistry i'm going to battle this out against satan he's attempting some chemical warfare in my mind and i've felt myself moving down the scale but i'm going to battle back by purposely triggering warrior chemistry and it's going to get me zeroed out again So notice when I'm feeling off, notice that thing that's happening in my mind, think about what I'm thinking, name it, acknowledge what's happening, test and identify to make sure is this coming from the spirit or is it coming from Satan, and then trigger that chemistry to get us out of it. This is what it looks like. So within this chemical, within this satanic spin, what's happening, we had this flash. So we've had this thought, it's been a long day. And that left us with some chemicals being a little bit harder like i'm feeling a little bit heavier now for a while until i'm becoming more and more aware i'm going to spin around this a couple times until i get to i should just tell my husband that he's not helping with anything right 
chemical spill. So that's our flash now. We've got this chemical dump that's just happened. And then we go, wait a second. I just noticed. I just noticed that I had that thought. So our first one comes in and we notice it. We build and we brought some awareness now to ourselves. Something just happened. I'm feeling super overwhelmed. And like, I want to go tell my husband all of the things he's doing wrong. Testing it. Is this message just from the spirit or a tactic from the adversary? Well, I know the adversary is actively engaged in destroying relationships. And as I'm thinking about it, I know that I'm feeling like my husband is the enemy, like he's doing everything wrong. So this is actually coming from the adversary. This is not a conversation I need to have. I'm not going to think anymore because this is from, this is not from the spirit. So rather than allow my brain to go through, oh, where can I file all these thoughts that have? I say, nope, actually, I need to trigger some more chemistry. I got to get myself out of this spiral. What am I going to do? Am I going to sing a little song that reminds me you belong and we love you? Because that one made me smile before. And I know for a fact that brought some more chemistry to help me out. Am I going to get outside and go for a walk and identify four different types of plants? Well, I know that previously that's something that I've loved to do. Am I, what am I going to do? I've acknowledged that I don't have the spirit. That that thought was a tactic from the adversary. And if I don't have the spirit, I don't think. So I have to give me enough chemicals on the warrior chemistry side to get me zeroed out. Now it's not going to work right at the beginning, especially if it's taken us to level four to discover that we're being chemically altered. So we're going to need to put in a little bit of a little bit of effort. And you're going to Satan's going to still be right there wanting to battle back. So as I'm having this mood battle, I'm going to say, well, I turned on this song and nothing has even happened. And Satan's going to be like, let's see if I can get her spiraling again with this thought. Nothing's even happening. I turned on this song. So you start again. Notice it. Oh, I've noticed that I'm complaining that this song didn't do anything. I'm feeling annoyed that it still hasn't done anything. But I actually see that's a tactic from the adversary. So we must be battling right now. I'm going to give myself some more warrior chemicals. I'm going to turn that music up louder. I'm going to get my body involved because he doesn't have one of those. So if I could get it actively moving, I'm going to get some more chemicals happening, more pumping through my body. And I'm going to battle a little bit harder because I acknowledge it's not wanting to. And as we do that, every time he tries to flash in and get us into the spiral, if we stop and go, no, 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 I'm actively battling you right now. You're not going to win this. And then we do something to trigger more warrior chemistry. We get ourselves back to zero. And when we're there, that's when we go, Okay, spirit, you know what? I had some anger there for a second. Do I need to talk to my husband about something? Is there actually something going on in my marriage that needs to be addressed? Or was I just going down a spiral? And he will say, you were going down a spiral. It's okay to be annoyed. We all annoy each other, but you don't need to address anything with your husband. Or he'll say, actually, something was going on. Let's together with the spirit. Go talk when it's the appropriate time type of thing. That then he'll be able to give you clarity. And then you'll know what's going on. But first we battle that thing. So personal boundaries. Before I act on any of those things, I notice what's going on with me. I identify that. I test it to see if it's accurate or if it's a distortion. And then I trigger my own warrior chemistry if I've identified some distortions. Because if I don't have the spirit, 
I don't think. And I make sure that I get back to that. An important part then is to know your own warrior chemistry triggers. You have to know them. I, I believe in the power of voicing. If you're in any of my groups, people will type things in the chat and be like, oh, you're so strong. Good for you. Type of person to their one of their peers. And I'll always stop and say, hey, will you voice that? Here's power in voicing. God didn't just think. And then there was light. He voiced, let there be light. And then there was light because there's power in voicing. So verbally call out Satan with lighting services. She'll go, not today, Satan. I just think that's great. Like, oh, I identify you're here. His power is in the secrets. His power is in the shadows. When we bring light to that, we bring power to ourselves. So we verbally call them out. And then we add something that triggers our chemistry. Body-based mindfulness. Let me do a quick scan. What's going on with me right now? I got some chemicals happening. I'm feeling tightening in my shoulders. And whenever I'm feeling tight in my shoulders, I know that leads me to be a little bit more aggressive or whatever, right? Quick scan. Some meditation. Breathing, your favorite way to breathe. Music, journaling. Physical activity is a great one because Satan doesn't have a body and Elder Bednar tells us to use our bodies to battle him. Gardening. I, this one doesn't work for me, but I've had so many clients who are like, I love to just rip out the things out of the, all of the weeds out of the ground. And then I can dig and plant and bury all of the stuff that I hate. Like, good for you. Okay. I prefer to just throw things in spaces that are safe to throw things, but ripping out of the ground also sounds nice. Coloring, blowing bubbles. I don't know how you can blow bubbles and not smile. So that's one of my joy triggers is blowing bubbles. Playing with your kids, if that one inspires warrior chemistry. Eating chocolate while hiding from your kids in the bathroom, if that one inspires your warrior chemistry. Talking out loud, what's going on, verbally processing with your safe person that you can Marco Polo and verbally get it all out. Whatever it is for you, and it's going to be different for everyone. But you have to identify those if you want to win your mood battles against Satan. If you want to have personal inclusion boundaries that will allow you to maintain your dignity, to stay within your value system, it's vital to know the things that trigger your own personal warrior chemistry. An example that you've already had with this comes from your mothers who know, put Satan on the defensive rather than the offensive. Satan only has the power that we give him. So just like the bug that enters your home without being invited, Squish Satan like you would that bug. I love that visual so much. And then some examples. Set alarms throughout the day to check in with yourself and how you're feeling and what level you are at. I have an app on my phone that remind me, I think is what it's called, a reminder or something. But it will go off four times a day randomly and say, check your chemicals. What are your chemicals at? Just to, I would rather, I would rather keep my chemicals as close to zero and one throughout the day. Because if I'm already at a four when my kid comes home screaming from school, I've already lost. <laughs> I need to be staying at that zero and one throughout the day. Otherwise, just one dump of chemicals is going to send me over. So I have alarms that go out today. This one came from Karen, though. This is from the mothers who know what. But I went, hey, that's the thing that I do. Drill out what you will say and then write what you will respond. So like that example we had from Maurice's wife about practicing and figuring it out. What other boundaries can you put into your life to help you check chemicals, to know how to respond to chemicals, to identify when your, your thoughts are coming from chemically distorted things? And that will be our checkout question. So rather than sharing your takeaways today, share a boundary that you can include into your life 
to help you win these battles against Satan. And it doesn't have to be different. If you have the same boundary one of us has, that doesn't somehow lessen its value. So don't feel like you have to come up with something else. But just share. I have recently, just like in the last week, noticed that, and I didn't really use boundaries, but I've told myself and thought about my morning scripture study. I have to, so I, I am a morning person and I know this time that I'm going to say is going, might shock you, but I have to get up at 4.30 because I have to have time with God. Yeah. Last week, I kind of just struggled to get up. I would snooze my alarm and I struggled throughout the day. The week before, I was good at it and I, I followed through and I still did my scriptures study with my kids around me, but there is just something yeah, when it's and it's quiet. And so I uh -huh. for me to win, it, it just seems like it was awesome. I have to have that. And I know there are going to be some days that it doesn't happen, but I am going to try my hardest to do that. Mom. Because I... I fight a whole lot. I love that. What a beautiful inclusion boundary. And that recognition of I fight, I can win those battles so much stronger, so much easier, so much faster, so much whatever better looks like for you, right? I can do that when I've had that time first, when I start my day with that kind of strength and power. Thanks for sharing. So I have to have stuff that's more up off on the fly, I guess is what you'd say. <laughs> Things that I could just do throughout the day because I don't always get that time in the morning where I can sit and read. But I love I love listening to the scriptures. I'll put it on I'll put the Book of Mormon on my phone and just have my earbuds in. And it's always better if I can be doing something like weeding the garden, <laughs> which I know is not your favorite, but I, I just love to go out and pull a few weeds. It makes me feel like I've accomplished something, you know, and, and it, I get outside and I, so that, and even in the winter, I'll just go out and maybe shovel some snow or walk around a little bit. It helps me to have a different, a change of environment, something that's you know, can get, can clear my mind a little bit. So, you know, just anything to break up the monotony. I decide I'm going to start singing this song to me, to myself, <laughs> that I'm beautiful and strong and that I, that I belong. I think it's so wonderful that everyone was in tears when we do that and go around and sing to each other each, every time I couldn't even make it through that song. Because it's such a great reminder that of who you really are. And I think music really affects me too. If I my husband will often be playing really wonderful music and while he's at work and I'll just walk by and I'm like, Wow, that makes me feel so much better just to hear that music. So I think music is a huge thing too for me. Thank you for sharing. I love that. I hope you have those lyrics posted. See them all the time. One of the boundaries that I've set for myself recently that I'm trying to practice right now is, you know, I'll, I'll start noticing, like, if somebody comes in my space and I think, you know, the live herd is, they never notice this or they never do that, you know, stuff like that. Or 
I wish they would do this. I wish they would do that. One of the things I that I'm trying to make a boundary is whatever I'm thinking in my mind that I wish they did, I will get up when I have that thought and go do it to them. You know, like that's what I'm going to do I, rather than sit here because if they, as soon as I have that thought and they don't do that, then I have the next thought about how much, how bad that makes me feel. Right. And so anyway, that boundary has, is one I'm practicing right now is when I hear a thought that says, I wish someone would do this, or I wish they would say this, I wish they would notice that. Like, yeah, literally I, I failed at this boundary last night. But this morning I've been thinking about why I failed and why, you know, why I didn't do that. But what I wish I would have done, because I could have done it exactly, said exactly what I wished somebody was saying to me and it would have worked. But it's just, that's really been empowering to me. It's almost like, if you lie to me about stuff you usually lie to me about, I'm just going to go do it. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go do it. So that helps me to, as soon as I can hear the thought that, that is somebody's not enough because I need more. Do you know what I mean? Something like that, that I need yeah. to go do that. So as soon as you identify that your thoughts are focusing on someone else's lack. Yes. Or your lack due to somebody else, you then go fill that. Yes. To just say it out loud, just get it out there. Cause otherwise I can just get, yeah, I, I can become really manipulated if I don't do that. Nice. Thank you. Can I just say something off of that? I heard a little bit ago, I just want someone to love me. And then the spirit told me, you should love yourself. And so that's kind of where my boundary, that my getting up and doing <clears throat> my scripture study, I told myself, that is one thing I can do to love myself because I know that brings me strength and I know what I like. So take care of myself. Like it's okay if I am feeling frustrated, I can take 15 minutes or, or not even 15, five minutes to step away and love myself by calming down, doing something to get the spirit back. But because I know myself, I can love myself and I should. And that's not saying like that I need to go act like, I don't know, like I think there's self-care and self-indulgence or whatever. There's a difference between those things. I'm not saying like that, but I have emotions. I have feelings that need to be taken care of or else I am going down that slide that Jen talked about. Yes. Acknowledging that you can love yourself. And making sure that you are in a position where you're taking care of yourself in the way that you would care for others. My definition of self-care is, is acknowledging how I parent, how I take care of my children. Oh, she's on right. She needs to get outside. Oh, she's hungry. I make, better make sure she's fed. Oh, she's dirty. I better make sure she's clean. Oh, she's tired. I better make sure she sleeps. And doing that for myself. Oh, I'm on right. I better get outside. Oh, I'm tired. I need to take a nap. Oh, I'm hungry. I should. Oh, I'm dirty. I should shower. Oh, I'm feeling this. And so I should do that. Taking, caring for myself the way I care for my children. And I loved how you just described that. Did you have something? Yeah, I just think it's so helpful to hear all these examples because in the past, you know, I've 
studied or tried to learn some little bits and pieces about boundaries, but I think I didn't realize what bound because I've just believed the lie that you're just really not good at boundaries. But then when you start hearing these examples, it's like, wait, I actually have some boundaries and set in place in my life that I just never, I, for some reason, when I hear the word boundaries, it just throws me off of like a different path. And so I love this of like, you know, these inclusion boundaries, it's, it's been a whole new world of, you know, okay, my have tos, I read my scriptures and I need my exercise because those things are my mental stability and my spiritual stability. Right. But yeah. one of my things that I'm going to try to work on is I'm going to try, I, I do those very consistently, those two that really help me, but I want to get some cool ones, like make a card of the things that in the battle that I can flip my chemical warrior, you know, chemistry better because you know, I've kind of gotten those to be habits, which is great. And that stabilizes my day. But I, I see myself going, wait, it's more in the situational that I need a little chemical war, you know, like, okay, I need a flip. So I love that. And I'm going to try to make like a card of the things that would do that for me so that I can make, keep those boundaries, go back to the spirit. So this yep. was so good. Thanks everybody. <laughs> That's the trick, right? That's the last piece is when you recognize in the middle that Satan's trying to get you spiraled, then we stop. And the way that we stop, you have to notice it. You have to call out that it's there. You have to recognize the emotions that are going on with it. And then you have to purposely do something to, flip it, to get your warrior chemistry going. And as you identify like gardening, music, exercise, these other things, if you already have those identified, then now you get to use it. So one example is I, music is my thing. Turns out it doesn't even matter which kind of music it is. If I have music playing, it helps me battle my things with Satan. So my, if I wake up in the morning and I just feel, ugh, like I just feel off. I just don't really want to get up right now. My kids can probably fend for themselves a little bit, right? And I am of the presence of mind to acknowledge that I'm feeling off. Sometimes my body and my chronic illnesses, sometimes it requires me to spend a day in bed. So sometimes that's, that is my self-care, is not getting out of bed. And other times it's Satan really wanting me to misuse my body. Elder Bednar talks about that's one of his favorite ways to tempt us, is to misuse our body. So what I've discovered personally, and I'll end with this and we'll close you guys and go back to your lives. What I've discovered personally is if I acknowledge I'm feeling off this morning. I don't want to get out of bed. And I just shout over and have my Alexa play some music. I don't even have to move. Or you could do it on your phone if you want. I'll lay there. And then without having to make the decision, if I was battling a mood battle, if I was battling these chemicals, because music always brings me warrior chemistry, I don't make the decision. Just suddenly I'm up. I have that warrior chemistry. I'm back to zero and I'm doing okay. And I'm taking care of my kids and running the day. And I'm just, I'm just up. I just get up. But on the days where it really is my body letting me know, hey, we're having a day. Like right now it's time to lay down. This is where we're at today. Then that music will play and I, I will still just need to be there. And so it's helped me discern when it's my body telling me messages versus when it's Satan really wanting me to misuse them. Is by identifying what brings me that warrior chemistry and using it whenever I recognize that I'm off to help me know what's going on. Getting those chemicals back to zero 
help me discern what's happening. Why? Because now I can be with the spirit and I've got the spirit back with me. So now I have the spirit and I can think. And I don't think if I don't have the spirit, that's my boundary. Right? So it's really a powerful tool as you begin to identify those distortions that you're experiencing and purposely including warrior chemistry in those moments can bring a lot of things. It can bring a lot of power to you in those moments. Thanks, everyone. Why? Thank you, Ashley. That's so powerful. Thanks, everybody, for your Thank comments. Thank you. That was great. Thanks for listening. Did you note any questions? Well, get ready to note several wonderful things Mothers You Know has for you. But first, I want to express a special appreciation to the incredible women who added so much to this series. We love you, ladies, and thank you for your generous service to all of us. First, Tuesday, August 30th at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, come join us with your pockets full of your questions at our 90-minute Q&A with Ashley Lovett in our Warrior Mothers Who Know meeting all about boundaries. You will be happy to know that Ashley Lovett is offering an awesome boundaries class starting in September. See more info about this in the show notes. You might want to get to know Ashley better. Check out our Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast channel where she shares her two-part story, episodes 119 and 120. August 23rd, our Stay by the Tree Messages of Hope webinar series starts at 9 a.m. Mountain Time. Ashley will be presenting her message of hope to us on August 30th. Join us Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Mountain Time for our online Mom Power Live meeting. All women have mother hearts. We are currently linking arms in our open enrollment Mom Power training series. This online self-paced class is free to all women. It offers a live connection with other moms who are seeking for more peace, purpose, and hope through Christ. Come and connect with us. We need you there. One of the super empowering things offered at Mothers You Know is Team Mom Power. Women are connecting weekly in small collaborative groups, applying mom power principles in attentive, powerful, heartfelt ways. We are stronger together. We are crushing the enemy of our soul when we defy isolation and power up with like-minded, Christ-centered women. Your team is waiting for you. And if you missed any of this information, it's all in the show notes. You are amazing and so appreciated for listening. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our Boundaries series. Let us know by emailing others you know at lifechangingservices.org. See you next time.